Welcome to Two Questions. On today's episode, we're looking at Cardiff North. The constituency is a two-way marginal seat, with Welsh Labour and the Welsh Conservatives both having good support in the area. Labour currently hold the seat, but the Conservatives have made it a target, as the majority from the 2016 Senate election was just over 3,500 votes. A quick disclaimer before we get underway, while the majority of the candidates do feature in this episode, Lawrence Gwynn of Abolish the Welsh Assembly Party and Virginia Kemp of Freedom Alliance both decided against taking part. Our first guest today is the incumbent member of the Senate, Julie Morgan. She has represented Cardiff North since 2011 when she took the seat from the Conservatives. She is also the current Deputy Minister for Health and Social Services. So Julie, what is the biggest problem facing the next Senate and how would you deal with it? Well, I think that the biggest uh problem that will face uh, the next uh, Senate is um, recovering from the pandemic uh, because there were always inequalities um, in our society and the pandemic has made this even worse. We need to rebuild our health and social care service um, backup. They've been absolutely crucial, crucial during this pandemic, but they are worn out. The staff are worn out. The social care staff are badly paid. We need to fix their pay. We need to ensure that they get an adequate level of pay. And we need to try to tackle the wider inequalities um, of um, housing, um, employment. And we need to make sure that our children are able to recover from the pandemic. And I feel very strongly that we must ensure that our children get the best start in life. And many children have been traumatized by this period of the pandemic. So we need to take time in order to help them recover. And the second question that I have is a little more personal. Why did you go into politics? Um, I entered politics to try to uh, create a more equal society. I was a social worker before I became a politician um, and I was working with um, families on an individual basis. And it was a huge privilege, you know, listening to the difficulties that families um, have to experience. And I enjoyed that enormously, but I felt perhaps I could do more on a wider level. And so I entered politics in order to um, tackle those wider issues such as poverty and uh, discrimination, uh, because I knew that the struggle that so many families had in order to manage day by day affected the whole of their lives. So I wanted to go in for that reason. And then of the wider issues, such as the environment, we're obviously in a climate crisis. And you, as a politician, you do have the opportunity to try to influence the way that things go. And so that is another reason that I wanted to tackle things in a wider way. Up next is Joel Williams from the Welsh Conservatives. Joel, what is the biggest problem facing the next Senedd and how would you deal with it? Well, I think one of the biggest issues, Henry, facing us over the next five years is the retention and attraction of talent. So what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is currently in Wales, 50% of uh, young people who go away to university in England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, don't come back to Wales. And a lot of them say that it's because they haven't got jobs to come back to. Now that's a real challenge for us. It's a challenge for us in the public sector, in the private sector, in the third sector. It's very important that politicians seek to address that. Now, 
by no means am I saying it's going to be easy to address, but what we need to do is have a root and branch review of how we can ensure that we grow our economy, that we um, deliver the opportunities for young people that bring them back to our beautiful country um, and stop them from leaving in the first place. Now, that's not just um, academic like roles. That's also manual uh, labour roles, because I know a number of friends of mine who go away to England uh, for jobs, even as far as Scotland for jobs, because there aren't the uh, opportunities here in Wales. So that's one of the key issues. Um, it's an issue that I've identified from my discussions with young people from uh, people who are in the private sector who want to set up businesses, who want to grow businesses. And we need a government that mirrors the ambition, drive and enthusiasm of young people and of our business women and businessmen here in Wales so we can really deliver for young people. Because we know we've got a beautiful country. Um, Wales is a glorious nation. And if we have the opportunities for young people and for people from across the age group, then, you know, we're really on to something. I hope I've done that in just under, what are we, 138. Wow, must be a record. That is pretty good going. Let's see if you can repeat that with this next question. Why did you go into politics? Okay, well, this is quite a, quite a broad question, isn't it? I've been uh, a member of the Conservative Party now for probably 12 years. I think I joined when I was 14 years old in uh, 2010. So it was um, around the general election then. I was um, worried about speeding in my community. I got in touch with my then county councillor, who is now actually my county councillor colleague. We're both county councillors for Pomprenainal St Melons in Cardiff North. And I said to her, I said, look, I want to do something about speeding. And she said, well, you know, we can try and do something about speeding, but actually, why don't you get involved? And it was a very interesting thing because it sort of challenged me to try and do something about it instead of just complaining and trying to pass it on. So I'm in politics to make a difference. I'm in politics to represent those and be a voice for those who feel that their voice isn't heard, but be an advocate and not just an advocate for those who support me and vote for me, but actually be an advocate for all in the community. Um, you know, politics is for many people quite polarizing. Uh, many people don't like to engage with politics and I kind of understand why um, it's quite heated on occasions. Well, actually I, I'm trying to be um, a politician who tries to build consensus with other politicians from across the political divide, because I think the past 12 months have taught us that we actually need politicians who are going to work together to try and address some of the significant challenges that Wales undoubtedly will face as we try and rebuild and, and recover from the pandemic. So I hope I've, I've quickly answered that and I'm going to try and do it in less than one minute 38. We're on one minute 33, so we'll stop it there. I'm now joined by Plaid Cymru's candidate, Flir Ellen. Flir, what is the biggest problem facing the next Senedd and how would you deal with it? I think the biggest problem facing Wales and so the next Senedd is poverty. I don't think the poverty is inevitable. I think that there are political solutions to the issues our communities face, but I think that there's been a lack of political will to deal with them. So a third of Welsh children are living in poverty. That's thousands of families who are having to make decisions between eating and heating, who are living on the line and, you know, who are using food banks. And I just can't accept that that is the way things have to be when we're living in one of the richest economies in the world. And the problem is, is that we know that poverty has really long-term impact. So 
for example, we know at the moment that when children begin school in Wales, there is already an attainment gap between children from advantage and disadvantaged backgrounds. And that just grows. And we know that that has an impact then on their life chances, you know, for example, how much they're likely to earn in their life. Even before the pandemic, people who lived in the poorest areas, you know, there was twice as likely to die from avoidable deaths as the more affluent areas of Wales. So what would I do about this in the Senate? Plaid Cymru have set out a manifesto which you know begins to go into a lot of detail about how we would begin to tackle the root causes of inequality. So some of the things that we would do, uh, we'd introduce a Welsh child payment targeted at children living below the poverty line. We'd start at £10 a week, but that would increase to £35 a week by the end of our first term in government. We'd give free school meals to all children in primary school, again, starting with targeting those at uh, children who are in families in receipt of universal credit. And then we'd expand then over our first term of government. And ultimately, I don't think Westminster works for Wales. So I think if we're genuinely serious about transforming our economic priorities so that it's the needs of our communities at the heart of everything we do, we have to either you know have the whole scale reform of Westminster and their fiscal powers I don't see that happening or we can take the powers into our own hands make the decisions for ourselves and we'll give the people of Wales a choice with a referendum. And the second question that I have for you is why did you go into politics? So I'm really lucky I was brought up in a household with two parents who were activists with Cymdeitha Syriaeth. So it's a Welsh uh, protest group, a group of people campaigning for more Welsh language rights. And so it was quite a normal thing uh, to talk about protests and to talk about trying to change legislation in my house. And, you know, I didn't, obviously, when I was very young, didn't fully understand what was going on, but was just around in that environment. Um, and then things really changed for me when I was elected as president of the Students' Union in Bangor. I was a so lucky it's changed my life uh, I learned so much about community organizing you know campaigning for rent rebates for students I learned a lot about trying to tackle root causes of inequality so we did a lot of work on things like uh, the BAME attainment gap which is so prevalent in universities in the UK we campaigned against Westminster government's cuts to maintenance grants uh, for students in England at the time and then I went to NUS uh, and we did a lot of work there trying to influence Welsh government policy. One of our big campaigns actually was trying to get uh, sexuality and, and relationship education as a mandatory part of the curriculum, uh, which, which it now is. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. But I think what I saw is uh, and started to think a lot about the impact that policy and political decisions can have and the, you know, the potential for wide, wide ranging uh, changes but I saw that the Welsh government and the UK government weren't actually using those levers and, you know, felt that, that the Welsh government in particular weren't being ambitious enough. Um, and it was around that time that I was invited to apply to Evank uh, Winter School. And we had a session on the Welsh economy, kind of looking at how Wales had been let down by Westminster for decades and the, you know, massive inequalities within the UK. I left feeling really disheartened, but I said, well, instead of being angry about it, let's do something been inspired by the young people that they joined Plaid Cymru, uh, threw myself in and the next thing I knew I was standing in the 2017 snap election. Next we have Rhys Taylor from the Liberal Democrats. Rhys, again, what is the biggest problem facing the next Senedd and how would you deal with it? 
Well, I think the biggest problem facing not just uh, the next Senate, but us as a generation is the climate emergency. Um, and we really need to get to grips with not just policy and, and the way that we do things, but we really need to pump some money into you know, building greener homes, retrofitting homes, creating new jobs, making sure that our public transport network um, is green and sustainable and isn't contributing to, to that uh, climate emergency. So the Liberal Democrats uh, would invest £1 billion a year for the next five years um, to really get to grips with some of the issues that we're seeing. So whether that's, um, you know, creating stability for supply chains and contractors to invest in new technologies, whether that's retrofitting uh, private homes, so heat pumps, solar panels, better insulation, that sort of thing, um, or whether that means, you know, cleaning up uh, our public transport network investing in active travel so people can walk and cycle for your average uh, everyday journey but until we get that that injection of cash into the economy which will also help with our recovery from covid we're not going to see the step change that we need um, in protecting our environment declarations of a climate emergency are welcome but if government practice and government policy and government expenditure doesn't back that up um, then all we're going to do is kick the can down uh, down the street so to speak and we're going to delay the point at which we can meaningfully get to grips with with the climate emergency but that i think is is the main task of the next government and not just for the next five years but the next decade uh, and beyond that making sure that we don't that we meet our obligations to future generations to protect our planet and the second question i have is why did you go into politics so i got involved in politics at the age of 16 and now 28 and 29 and I got involved because I was sick of being told that as a young person, my views didn't count. And that because I didn't have, I wasn't old enough to vote, uh, my views didn't, didn't count in an election. Um, and I wanted to change that. I wanted to show that young people can contribute to politics, uh, that young people have something meaningful to offer, uh, and that politics should be more about who makes decisions and about how we live, why, how we live our lives. So I'm still involved in politics because unfortunately we're still not quite there in terms of the way that politics and politicians treat young people. Um, and I think that, you know, touching on the last answer in terms of the climate emergency, we still haven't seen politicians step up to the mark in terms of thinking about the future and thinking about what we want uh, to, to do and a leave for the next generation of, of young people, whether that's work, whether that's the environment, whether that's, um, you know, uh, our cultural institutions and, and, and social opportunities. Um, so, you know, politics for me was about the day-to-day -day lives of people. Uh, it was about my day-to-day -day life as a young person then. And, and now as a counsellor, it's even more about making sure that, um, you know, we're making the biggest change for the greatest number of people in the greatest number of places across Wales. And I think if we all stuck to that mantra, then I think uh, we'd all be better for it. We now turn to Hayden Rushworth of Reform UK. Hayden, what is the biggest problem facing the next Senev and how would you deal with it? The biggest problem facing the next Senev is the scale of Welsh poverty. Coming out of the pandemic, we're all familiar with the needs for economic recovery, but the Welsh poverty was a massive issue that nobody would really talk about even before the pandemic. For example, the Welsh deficit is the number, that's the figure, of the amount of money that Westminster has to bail out Wales every year. Now that deficit is measured in Scotland every year because the Scots are serious about being capable of 
self-governance or independence. Here in Wales, they've only measured the deficit twice in 20 years because they don't really want to know. And it wasn't even the Welsh government. It was the Wales Governance Department of Cardiff University. That figure, by the way, is uh, it, it fluctuates between 14 to 15 billion pounds a year. And to put that into context, a few years ago, we had a referendum on whether to leave the EU, partly because people didn't like the idea of spending six billion pounds a year on membership of the EU. So imagine if people got wind of the idea that we're bailing out Wales by almost 15 billion pounds a year. You know, we don't want an awkward scenario of having a referendum on whether to just ditch Wales. No, Welsh poverty is in a massive issue and no Welsh politician is actually taking it seriously. The secret to turning Welsh poverty around lies in the hearts and minds of the people of Wales. You cannot separate Welsh poverty from the poverty of the people. The nation of Wales is the people of Wales. If the people of Wales prosper, the nation of Wales will prosper. The education system is critical to turning around the prosperity of Wales. If you fundamentally reform the education system and, gen and create a generation skilled in the art and craft of wealth creation, Wales will become skilled in the art and craft of wealth creation. And why did you go into politics? I, I went into politics because I see problems around that nobody else seems to be dealing with. Um, two biggies. Firstly, it aggravates me that nobody is taking the deficit seriously. Nobody is taking the scale of Welsh poverty seriously. Like, really, I, I can't. Welsh politicians should wake up every morning sweating about the size of the deficit. But I, you, if you ask any Welsh politician, what is the size of the deficit today? They ought to be able to tell you off the top of their head that figure. It's the most important figure, but none of them will be able to tell you. Why? Because they don't even measure it here. That's like having a car with no fuel gauge. And that's like having a car with no speedometer to have a government that doesn't measure it. The fact that nobody cares about the deficit is the kind of thing that left me feeling somebody has to do something about this. But the education system, they may seem unrelated, but they are intricately, intimately interwoven. The education system is the secret to turning around the Welsh economy. And I'm not talking about just fiddling with the education system, but a revolution. Sir Ken Robinson has the accolade of the most watched TED talk of all time. And he had revolutionary ideas that are popular the world over for revolutionizing education. But he talked about that 10 years ago. Educators love these ideas. The reason none of them have been put into practice is that politicians hate the ideas because it involves taking power away from politicians and giving the power to children and teachers. And politicians ultimately are the gatekeepers and key holders when it comes to education reform. And so the only way that any massive education reform will happen is if somebody is in, if a major political party actually is in charge of the education system and hands that power back to the people. This year's Green Party candidate is Deborah Cooper. Deborah, what is the biggest problem facing the next Senev and how would you deal with it? The biggest problem we face is how to put a strategy in place to tackle the climate crisis and how we fund tackling that climate crisis. For our strategy, we would build new zero carbon houses, 
we would retrofit our existing homes to a zero carbon standard. We would install solar rooftops on all public buildings, such as hospitals and schools. We would convert public sector lighting to LED. We would make all new buses and recycling vehicles electric. And through these schemes, thousands of jobs would be created throughout Wales. In terms of finance, private finance initiatives are profit driven for the investor. They financially drain our depleted public resources even further. So we propose to issue a green transformation bond. We will issue online and in person, a crowdfunding platform. This gives all of our people in Wales, literal and emotional ownership of the green transformation fund. There will be a low minimum investment, so almost everybody can join. We will encourage the investment of pension funds into this scheme and give a government buyback guarantee. The Green Transformation for Wales would fund projects that reduce carbon and repay them, and firms will repay the money on the investments over a 10 year period, sometimes more. The Green Transformation Bonds will fund capital to projects that reduce our carbon footprint. Companies will repay the money and they will make savings from the reduced use of fuel. So it's a win-win situation. Uh, Deborah, why are you going into politics? I was a teenager in the miners' strike. I lived through the factory years and up to that point I would describe myself as a staunch Labour supporter. However, I never identified with Tony Blair's new Labour and never voted for him. His education, education, education policies led to the academy system in England, a system that's deeply flawed. And worse still, his war in Iraq was the turning point in history that we all look back at now. I found out that happened after my child was born. And from that point forward, our place in the world has fundamentally changed. Also, from that point forward, I found that I could never vote for the Labour Party again. I found I was voting for the least worst option. I'm done with voting for the least worst option. The Green Party is a party which is the right party for the time that we're living in now. Nobody denies that the climate change is happening and it's real and it's here. Only the Green Party is addressing climate change at the front and centre of all of its policies. Prepositions and policy takes need to change. Politics is no longer about being to the left or the right. Other parties recognise that we have a climate emergency, but that's not the same as putting viable strategies in place to face up to the changing world we live in. Only the Green Party has the policies and the forethought to protect our land and our future generations. And finally, from Propel, we have Akil Carter. Akil, what is the biggest problem facing the next Senev and how would you deal with it? Well, basically, uh, uh, honestly uh, talking uh, and being uh, frank, um, uh, from what we've seen uh, for the last uh, 20 years in the Senate and the Welsh Parliament, whatever is the, 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 the titles, uh, unfortunately, we've seen corruption, we've seen irregularities and uh, 
uh, that uh, uh, so many things uh, that we can see uh, going wrong. So being in the parliament, we one of the first things as a member of uh, Propel, the newly uh, uh, established party in Wales, we will be uh, uh, demanding for uh, selecting an independent auditing from uh, uh, firm to con uh, con conduct a thorough audit uh, of the Welsh government waste, fraud and corruption uh, savings, whatever savings uh, is made, it will be going to NHS. Secondly, select an independent investigation uh, investigator to conduct a thorough and a transparent inquiry into the Welsh government's response to the coronavirus pandemic. Thirdly, end all the lockdowns. We believe that especially the lockdowns, uh, they, at the moment, they are unnecessary. Uh, we have recovered uh, uh, quite well from the, 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 the virus. Uh, 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 there are some uh, areas or some sectors of the society, they've been damaged so badly. Uh, in fact, the, the damage is uh, caused, it's more than the damage of coronavirus itself. So I'm, uh, as, a, as a candidate for Cardiff North, I will be uh, definitely behind uh, uh, our party to uh, investigate uh, the corruption and being able to actually take uh, people's um, uh, uh, votes uh, 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 in the parliament. And the next question is, why did you go into politics? Basically, uh, being from uh, an Iraqi dissident, uh, being an Iraqi dissident, dissident, living in Cardiff for 38 years, um, I started uh, thinking about politics uh, two years ago when we had the general election. I was independent, but obviously on my own, I couldn't do much, to be very honest. So uh, since then, I've been looking for a party that I could rely on, I could uh, trust uh, so much. Uh, believe it or not, I was offered to work uh, or to... Uh, to be, I was invited to one of the major parties um, uh, to join them, but I, I, I declined uh, because I didn't believe in any of their policies and manifestos. manifestos. So uh, when I came to know uh, uh, Neil McAvoy, uh, the leader of Propel and his personality and the way they, uh, they, they doing things. So uh, I was encouraged to join the party and being involved more in the, in the politics uh, in Wales. Uh, and obviously will be serving the communities, uh, especially uh, I've been living most of my life in Cardiff North. Although I live in um, uh, Penilan now, but to me, it's like uh, two minutes away from my office where I actually have a business there. So I will be uh, serving the communities uh, across uh, the city, but especially Cardiff North. Uh, so um, uh, politics is something that, uh, unfortunately, uh, some of some politicians, they've been taking it for personal gains. Here, I'm not looking for personal gains. I will be, uh, I mean, in a, in a comfortable position uh, that I could live without um, uh, sort of headaches. But I personally believe that people's um, uh, needs at the moment is great. So when uh, a person like myself with uh, uh, good experience in education and property, uh, like uh, residential properties will definitely offer uh, uh, quite a lot to the society and to my constituency. Those were the candidates for Cardiff North answering our two questions. Keep an eye out for the results of this marginal seat later this week. <laughs>